0: Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. Psalm 89 is a big psalm about the bigger story our life is in. I want to come back to it today. We did it in our last episode, but I want to come back because there's another whole segment in this psalm that I just I just ignored basically in the last episode because I wanted to save it for this time. It's 52 verses in this psalm, so we couldn't cover it all in one episode but the theme in this psalm is a lot of what Jesus said after he rose from the dead in Luke 24:44 he said to his disciples these are my words that i spoke to you while i was still with you that everything written about me in the law of moses and the prophets and the psalms he specifically says the psalms must be fulfilled so the thing is is that we have to understand that these psalms that we're reading jesus saw them as about him he quoted from the psalms more than any other old testament verse like i said in the last episode and he knew that the psalms were about him and we clearly see that in psalm 89 remember we talked about these four attributes of god the right verse 14 Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. So he says in verse 3, you have said, he's speaking to God, you have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. And this is what he, quote, I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Now this is going back to God's promise to David in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 where God promises that his throne will be forever. It's a covenant promise that God made with David that his descendant will be this forever king. It's the kind of promise that can only be fulfilled through somebody who is forever. And so it's very much a mysterious passage unless you understand Jesus as the fulfillment of that covenant promise, which is why Jesus is called the Christ. That simply means the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of that promised promise. King, Christ being the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. That's why we call him Jesus Christ. It's not that Jesus Christ is his first and last name. It's that Jesus is this Davidic King. He is this promised Messiah. And so always in the Bible, this has been pointing to Jesus. In Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, it says, and this is written 700 years before Jesus was born. You're going to recognize this verse because it's read at Christmas time every year. This is what it says For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace. There will be no end, and on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. So this is something that we have to understand always in the Old Testament. It's been looking forward to this throne of this son of David, this king. But this king is not a mere human king. He's going to be called Wonderful Counselor. He's going to be called Mighty God. He's going to be called Everlasting Father. He's going to be called Prince of Peace. And he's going to reign with justice. Let me say that again. And he's going to reign with justice and righteousness from this time forth. And forevermore, this is a promised Christ, a promised God, human king in the Old Testament that is going to be a descendant of David. He's going to be on the throne of David. And so the very first verse of the New Testament in Matthew 1.1, it says, This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So we have to understand that the two big promises in the Old Testament, when he when God promised Abraham in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, that through his offspring all the nations on earth would be blessed, that was always talking about the offspring that would be Jesus. When God promised Abraham, that on David's throne would be a king whose reign will be forever and ever. That was always a promise that David's offspring would be Jesus, the Christ. And so the Old Testament is always pointing to the fulfillment of this offspring being in Christ. And so that's why Jesus said the Old Testament was always about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. It's always been about me. And the people understood this. So when Jesus rode on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem, the people yelled, Hosanna to the Son of David. They knew they were shouting to the Messiah Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's a messianic shout. They're calling Jesus the Messiah. The Christ. So Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, Remember Jesus Christ, so Jesus Messiah, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. So the gospel, the good news, is that Jesus is the Christ. He's the descendant of David. He's the one who has proven that by rising from the dead. This is the gospel. He is the risen from the dead Christ. He is the risen from the dead Davidic king, the descendant of David, the offspring of David, the offspring of Abraham, this promised one in the Old Testament. So the very last chapter of the Bible, Jesus says in Revelation twenty-two sixteen, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. So Jesus is identifying himself there as the offspring of David, as the Christ. This is the gospel. This is the message of the Old Testament, that a Christ is coming who's an offspring of David and his reign will be forever and ever. And he will be mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, wonderful counselor. Jesus said after he rose from the dead, all the Old Testament was always about me. He is called Jesus Christ in the New Testament because he is Jesus, the son of David, the Christ, the Messiah, and that's who Jesus identifies himself as in the very last chapter of the Bible and all the way through the New Testament. So when Jesus is talking at the well in Samaria, the Samaritan woman, and she says, he's talking, he's kind of bringing the conversation around to talking about the Christ, the Messiah, and she says, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus, it says in verse 26, Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. I am the Christ. When Jesus prays the last day of his life, when he's praying to the Father, and he says, now this is eternal life, that they, talking about his disciples, may know you, the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ Christ. Jesus identified himself as the Christ to the woman at the well. He identifies himself as the Christ in his prayer. He's constantly talking about how the Old Testament is fulfilled in him. And of course, the rest of the apostles in the New Testament always call him Jesus Christ. All of this to say, to come back to Psalm 89, this is one of these Psalms that gives us the bigger story. So verse three, you have said, I've made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant, and so David becomes a euphemism here for the Christ. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. So in some sense, the offspring here is Jesus, but it's also us, those who are offspring of this David, this Messiah, this Christ figure. So verse 24, talking about this son of David, God is saying, My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him. Verse 26, He shall cry to me, You are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation, and I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever and his throne as the days of the heavens this is a promise in this psalm of the coming jesus who's going to call god his father he's going to be the firstborn which is why the new testament constantly refers to him as the firstborn from among the dead in colossians one fifteen, romans eight twenty nine, hebrews 1 6 colossians 118 Revelation one five. Jesus is the firstborn of a new humanity. He's the firstborn of the new creation. The new creation has already started in his resurrection. And this is what Psalm 89, centuries before Jesus was born, is prophesying. He will be the descendant of David, and he will be God's faithfulness and steadfast love. And he will be the one whose throne will be as the days of the heavens, forever, as the universe. And God says, I will establish his offspring forever. So this is a promise that's very cryptic, but it's a promise of the new humanity, his offspring that will be established forever because God has made a covenant promise. We become offspring of Jesus through God's covenant promise, not through our righteousness, but through his promise that those who are in Christ will be his offspring forever. It's in Jesus that, according to verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are the people who know the festal shout. This is proclaiming Christ, Jesus as the Christ, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, the glory of God in the face of Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. So God promises in verse 33, I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant. Verse 35, once for all, I have sworn by my holiness. I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever. Like the moon, it shall be established forever. A faithful witness in the skies. What we need to see is that this bigger story has been a bigger story prophesied for centuries before Jesus was even born. It's a story that Jesus clearly identified himself as and proved by doing miracles, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, and promising to bring his kingdom forever on a restored earth, a resurrected earth, just like his resurrection, the firstborn of a new creation of those who will rise from the dead and forever. God's faithfulness and God's steadfast love and righteousness and justice will reign upon the earth in Christ and his offspring. We're going to return to what we were created to be, the image of God who would rule over God's creation, continue his work of creation, reflect his glory over creation, live in his love and reflect his love over creation. God has already done this once for all. Once for all is a phrase the author of Hebrews picks up to talk about Jesus being the perfect high priest and the perfect king and the perfect sacrifice once for all. It's already done. It's God's covenant fulfilled in Christ. There's nothing we can do to add to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. It's as solid as the universe itself, a faithful witness in the skies, God says in verse 37, like the moon, it shall be established forever, a faithful witness in the skies. This is a covenant promise that is as stable as the moon in the night sky forever. You can trust this promise. Your life can be in this bigger story, not based upon your faith or your faithfulness, but the trustworthiness of Christ when he becomes the object of your faith, when your trust is in him. Let me be honest, Our trust in Him is never perfect. It's always going to be conflicted. It's always going to be good days and bad days. But we want to keep our trust in Him. We want to keep ourselves in this bigger story, which is why we do what we do in this podcast. We are bringing ourselves back into this bigger story, remembering God's covenant promise. Because when I see my life in this larger story, in this larger context, it empowers me to want to live in it, it empowers me to want to continue to trust God and trust his steadfast love and trust his faithfulness and trust his plan. Even when I can't understand how all the pieces are fitting together, I know he's bringing about this plan that he prophesied centuries before Jesus was born and that Jesus proved he was the fulfillment of it by rising from the dead. The scriptures are our testimony in the Old Testament pointing to Jesus. And then Jesus's apostles are a faithful witness who are not lying, talking about Jesus's teachings and his miracles and his death on the cross and his resurrection and his return. And I can trust it. I can trust them that their witness is true and that God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promise. And so we remind ourselves of this bigger story when we pray, when we acknowledge with our lips, God, I will speak with my mouth. You have made known your faithfulness and your steadfast love forever. Your steadfast love will be built up forever. Verse two, let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord. The moon in the sky is a testament that the son of David has come. He is the firstborn over a new creation. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. In him, righteousness and justice and steadfast love and faithfulness come together. Blessed are the people who walk in the light of your face, O Lord. I wanna walk in the light of your face with the glory of God in the face of Christ, shining on my life, leading my life, guiding my life, I want to trust you, follow you, forever be in this story, forever be an offspring of the Christ, resurrected like the Christ, on a resurrected world like the Christ, in your righteousness and justice and your faithfulness and your steadfast love. I too want to say that you are my Father. You are my God. Forever you are my God. Forever you have committed yourself to be my God. There will never be a time when you are not my God, which means that I will live forever. There will never be a time when I am not alive because you are not a God of the dead, but of the living and you are my God and you are the rock, the sureness, the foundation of my salvation, my restoration, my resurrection. Jesus is the firstborn. It has already happened. And so I will be born in a new creation. It's already as good as done because Jesus has already done it. Your covenant will stand firm forever in Christ. You have established your covenant forever. So I want to be an offspring in Christ forever. A follower of Jesus as my Christ, as my King, as my God, as my Lord. I want to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, because his throne is as sure as the heavens themselves. Once for all, Jesus has done it. Once for all, for me. And so I want to be among your offspring who shall endure forever. Like the moon, it shall be established forever. A faithful witness in the skies. Every time I look at the moon, I remember Your covenant promise for me in Christ. Every time I see the moon, I remember Your faithfulness and Your steadfast love in Christ. Every time I see the moon, I remember that once for all, Jesus has done it. Jesus has lived the perfect life. He has died the death I should have died, and broken through the other side of death for me, and risen from the dead for me to be the firstborn of a new creation. Every time I see the moon, I remember your faithfulness i remember this is as good as done once for all your steadfast love and your faithfulness for me in christ Every time I see the moon in the sky, I will say with this psalm in verse 52, blessed be Yahweh forever. Blessed be the Lord forever and ever. The story that my life is in forever and ever, as sure as the heavens themselves, because you have made a covenant promise, you have fulfilled it in Christ, and I am in Christ. Every time I see the moon, I say forever and ever, this is the story I'm in. Let your face shine upon me. Amen and amen.